Hey, everybody, it's Anna Charlie Kirk show the case to denaturalize and deport Elon Omar. She is loyal to something else other than America. Email us as always freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Open up your podcast application and type in Charlie Kirk show. Get involved at Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. Sorry, high school or college chapter today at tpusa.com. Email us as always freedom at charliekirk.com. That's freedom at charliekirk.com. Uh, again, get involved with Turning Point USA, the most important organization in the country, tpusa.com. Go to members.charliekirk.com to become a member. Uh, it is affordable for all income levels. It's members.charliekirk.com, and it's a way to support our program and also to be able to listen to all the episodes advertiser-free. Enjoy this conversation about Elon Omar, denaturalization, and deportation. Email us, freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. We have been very busy this week covering the Restoring National Confidence Summit that concluded last evening. We're going to continue to reflect on that. Major wins. We are in a better position going into November than we were starting on Monday morning. Thanks to the great work of Tyler Boyer. Thanks to the great work of Turning Point Action. We made major news. Politico.com. There's many other stories coming out, and we will cover that. But we missed a huge story. And we've been wanting to cover it and cover it correctly and accurately and comprehensively. The case to denaturalize and deport Elon Omar. I would much rather not talk about Elon Omar. There's a lot of other stories to talk about. But while immigration is in the news and while your Senate Republican leaders are talking about soft amnesty, uh, putting out green cards galore, it's important to ask the question, how do we prevent more Elon Omars from coming into the country, from representing us in our government, and potentially being an insurgent. Now, it is tempting to take what I say and say, oh, Charlie's exaggerating. It's hyperbole. No. This, if you look at the most conservative translation, mind you, she wasn't even speaking in English when she said what she said. This is treason. She is bragging, Ilan Omar, to her fellow Somalians in Minneapolis that she does not represent America, that she is there as some sort of a sleeper cell within the U.S. government. So Elon Omar's back in the news, reminding us of the most unpleasant fact that she somehow holds elected office in the United States of America. A speech has gone viral of Elon Omar. She was speaking in Somali. She was not speaking in English. Again, that's not necessarily a red flag. We know that she's from Somalia. We know that she was accepted thanks to the generosity 
of America. We're going to remind you of that story because it's very important. So our generosity is being taken advantage of time and time again. So Elon Omar gave the speech, and the tape is really remarkable. And we've been very careful not to cover this story because we want to fact check the translations. We are sticklers for truth here. So there is there, there was a translation that was put on Twitter, and people said, oh, no, no, it's unfair. It's not exactly right what she was saying. Again, it's not exactly a widespread language. It's a very um, specific it's not not Arabic. It's not even Farsi. Somali is um, not not very well understood. Hard to find a translation. So there's this Twitter user, Amal Ali, who identifies as a conservative who's been defending Omar, says the transcript is not completely accurate and they've done their own translation. So I don't know Somali. I can't say who's more correct, but we're going to use the most conservative, the most defensible version of Elon Omar's comments for argument's sake of Amal Ali's translation, who exposes the exact kind of person Omar really is. So let's play cut 43 here. This is her giving this speech in Somali. Play cut 43. Somalia, <laughs> Somali wouldn't have a kuno shahai, Kalbigene Kujirta, Malin Kasta and Kafikirna, Somalia. Okay, so this is a different speech, I think. So she says, Somalia is my home. Okay, fine. But let me read from the other, the speech that was going viral this week. She says, I assure you that Somalia's lands and waters will not be taken by others. The U.S. will not support any incursions on our sovereignty. So near the end of the speech, there's another amazing line from Omar. Somalia belongs to Somalis. It is one and undivided. Now, would Omar ever think that America belongs to Americans? Not at all. America is for everyone on the planet, open border style. But for her own country, Omar's attitudes are quite different. Now, it continues on where she says very clearly at least according to this translation, that her loyalty is to Somalia. Elon Musk agrees, by the way. Elon Musk responds and says that you can only have loyalty to a single country, and what country actually is it? Now, Elon Omar's speech has received a response by Ambassador Roja Elmi, who's the Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs for the Republic of Somaliland, and says that we are surprised and shocked on discovering the remarks made by Congressman Elon Omar in a recent public forum widely circulated on the most social media platforms and attached below for your reference. Her expressions were lacking in common decency and revealed a significant lack of understanding of basic facts. Specifically troubling were her endeavors to revive the once violent and dangerous ideology of the greater Somalia or Somalia Wayan, which caused so much death and destruction in the Horn of Africa. This is the ambassador, by the way, of Somaliland, which is a breakaway region of Somalia, an unrecognized country. She says, Elon Omar uses ethno-racist rhetoric, didn't escape attention, and left many with a deep sense of disappointment. She says she's attacking Elon Omar, basically promising that she'll support Somalia from being forcibly reunified. Now, Elon Omar has defended her comments, and Elon Omar says repeatedly that her loyalty is first to a foreign country. So let's take a step back here. Elon Omar has given lots of speeches like this one, and we simply haven't noticed. How many people are fluent in Somali? 
to translate what Omar has said. Not many. And how many of Omar's Somali speeches are even available on tape? The number might not be high either. Still, if there are any other speeches by her out there, any other conservatives that know the language, I strongly encourage them to go and find them and listen to them. She's been bragging to you that she is not loyal to the United States of America. The biggest possible picture is this. Somalia is an unstable mess of a country on the opposite side of the planet. It produces nothing of particular strategic value, and it only makes the news when pirates based on its shores kidnap Tom Hanks, which of course refers to the Captain Phillips movie. Yet we have an elected member of U.S. Congress vowing to do everything in her power to help Somalia with its problems. And the worst possible translation, again, we need to get a Somali, you know, someone who is a expert of languages, be able to go to the specific translation. But the worst possible, like the more, the more moderate version of the translation is that she's completely loyal. The more liberal translation that is being used, not politically liberal, is that she's just basically a sleeper cell agent of the Somali government. The most conservative translation is that she's so fixated that she's giving assurances to a Somali audience in Somali saying that my priority while I go to D.C. is to represent a foreign nation. Omar has, in effect, promised to mire America more deeply into conflicts for no other reason than her own personal sentiment. She has pledged to make the United States a tool of Somali foreign policy. As an American and as Americans, we shouldn't have to care about some mess in a far corner of the world. But because of our disastrous immigration laws, we now have lawmakers and large voting blocs that care enormously about obscure disputes between two impoverished far-off countries. Play cut 44, please. Elon Omar says she has a very special and close relationship with the president of Somalia. She calls him her uncle. She also refers to him as our president when the entire audience in Minnesota cheers. And that's the most important thing as we continue on this. It's not just Elon Omar. There's hundreds of thousands of people in Minneapolis that don't love America, that have loyalty to Somalia over America. Elon Omar is a perfect example of how our generous immigration laws are used against us. And she's speaking to a Somali audience in Minneapolis. Hey, everybody. Charlie Kirk here from the New York Times bestselling author Eric Metaxas comes a riveting new film, Letter to the American Church. The film explores the parallels between 1930s Nazi Germany, Mao and Stalin regimes, and the infiltration of cultural Marxism in America today. The church's decision to stay out of politics undermines the very message of the gospel and its power to transform human existence. Metaxas issues an urgent call to the church, stay silent and abandon the mission of proclaiming liberty or stand up to the forces of evil. Join Eric and me and many others in the film as we explain how America and the church are at the precipice of destruction and the need to wake up and take action. Do not miss this film. Stream it February 8th on Epoch TV as part of Epoch Times. 
visit lettertotheamericanchurch.com. That is lettertotheamericanchurch.com. It's very well produced. Uh, it's terrific. It's Letter to the American Church. Um, we confront wokeism. We confront critical race theory. And we talk about what you, the believer, can do. Go to lettertotheamericanchurch.com for more information. Again, this is a very, I, want, I mean, bizarre sounds insulting, but it's not a mainstream language, Okay. Arabic, we could find 10 people to do the translation overnight. Farsi, the same thing. German, French, Somali is a, it's not the most well understood language in the West. Well, it's becoming better and better understood because we keep on bringing Somalians into our country. So Elon says in the speech, quote, many have called me asking, Elon, what will the U.S. do in response to this situation, meaning the situation in Somalia? Elon Omar replies and says, quote, the U.S. government will act according to our requests. You cannot have a government to continue to operate as a superpower if it's infiltrated by foreign powers. We're told that diversity is our strength. You have to bring in all these people. The left loves this. Here is cut 47 of Elon Omar continuing to play cut 47. <laughs> شقذا في عن أتخبطي إن دتك الصومالية يدتك ملك استكونال أدرينسيسي سكست أنا جان أودي بن هاي الصومالية هدي أنا هاي وحن هاي دت كرتله دت ودن كذا أقنصن دت ودن كذي أن ويلجود خل دينجر لقى جلين كري Now, that's the more aggressive translation that is going viral. So we've been using the more conservative translation because we want to be very, very fair. Even the most conservative translation, she is talking about a higher loyalty than the United States, a higher priority than the United States, talking about Somalia. What is the story of Elon Omar? Elon Omar was in a Kenyan refugee camp because Somalia is not a stable country. Somalia is not a model country. Somalia is a mess. Remember Black Hawk Down, Somali pirates? Somalia is not a model for any country. Now remember, Elon Omar's father worked in the government of a Somali dictator. So Elon Omar is in a Kenyan refugee camp. And we have big hearts as Americans, don't we? We're very generous and charitable people. We are the most generous and philanthropic and open-minded individuals on the planet. And as same thing that's happening on the southern border, our generosity, our charity is used against us. We bring Elon Omar into our country alongside hundreds of thousands of other Somalians. Remember, invade the world, invite the world. And Elon Omar had some very suspicious activity with her brother and marital certificates. We're not going to get too deep into that, but it's awfully suspicious. And remember, it's the same congressman who went viral a couple years ago when describing the 9-11 attack by saying it's just some people who did something. She comes to America, gets educated in our schools, educated in our university system, ascends to Congress to then relentlessly insult our country. She talks about racism and homophobia and misogyny, every left-wing anti-American talking point of somebody we invited into our country. And instead of assimilating, Instead of learning, first of all, our customs, our practices. Yes, she does speak English, but she's not speaking English in this particular speech. 
Instead of saying, wow, I'm a guest in America and I'm going to become a citizen, maybe I should learn something. Maybe there's a reason why Somalia is in a rather crappy position and America is a great country. Why is that? Why is Somalia a third world hellhole and America is a pretty nice country? And by the way, Somalia is objectively a mess. That's not a racist thing. That's not a bigoted thing. Somalia literally has been torn apart in soft civil war for multiple decades. Don't take my word for it. Look at any objectively analysis. Somalia is one of the most dysfunctional places on planet Earth. And yet Elon Omar, she wants to make America more like Somalia. She should be counting her blessings that she's here. She is a perfect embodiment of the ingratitude of now the third world foreigner left-wing insurgency within the United States Congress. Elon Omar could say, boy, I'm just blown away that I get to live in this country. Maybe I should learn something. No, instead, she comes in full speed talking about dual loyalty. Let's be perfectly clear. Elon Omar never should have been allowed to serve in the U.S. Congress. She speaks like a sleeper cell. People need to learn what a sleeper cell is. She should be denaturalized and she should be deported back to where she came from. Hi, I'm Adriana, a politics major at Hillsdale College. Here's Hillsdale President Dr. Larry Arnn with a Constitution Minute. America's founders recognized an obvious fact of life. Human beings differ in terms of physical attributes and talents. Because of this, some people will be better at some things than they are at others. But they also recognized that the tall and the short among us, the swift and the slow among us, are still human beings if we are recognizable as human beings. And therefore, we are equal in terms of the rights that pertain to human beings, rights attached to human nature rights that come from God. The Declaration of Independence names three of the big ones, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Exercising these rights is necessary if we are to be truly free. In our own time, many influential people believe that only government can decide what our rights should be. This is dangerous. Understanding our rights and how the Constitution protects them is vital to our freedom. To learn more and get a free pocket Constitution, visit constitutionminute.com. A little bit more on the Elon Omar situation. Elon Omar is a product of us believing the neoliberal lie that every single person will necessarily assimilate to the great American culture. Now, some do. We have an email here of somebody who says, Charlie, I couldn't agree with you more. She sounds like a sleeper cell. Disdain of America and everything she says. I came here as an immigrant and followed the laws. She is said to have lied to get into this country and potentially marrying her brother. It's allegedly, allegedly. We don't know if that's true. She should be deported, Judith. That's an immigrant saying that. And by the way, Judith, thank you for watching the program. Some of the great viewers and supporters we have in this program are first and second generation immigrants. It's inspiring. But we need the right type of immigrants if we're going to have immigrants into this country. And right now we have the southern border completely and totally wide open. And when you think of the southern border, you just think of Mexicans or Hondurans or El Salvadorians or Panamanians, or Venezuelans, or Chileans. There's some of that. But increasingly, there are people from the Middle East that see the world the way Elon Omar sees the world. Elon Omar talks and speaks as if she is an insurgent within the United States government, making assurances to a Somali-dominated audience. Oh, don't worry. We're going to represent your interests and Somalia's interests in Washington, D.C. 
Anilo on Omar is leaning in. What, what would it take to get a consensus to get Elon Omar out of Congress? And this is what really ticks me off. We kicked somebody out of Congress this cycle. We kicked George Santos out of Congress. Now, George Santos is a clown. He's not someone that I would consider to be an overly sophisticated person. He's also a liar. He lied a lot. I don't like liars. I'm not going to defend George Santos. But we did defend him not being kicked out of the House majority. So, hey, House Republicans, you went out of your way to go virtue signal and grandstand to the media about why George Santos, even though he said he wasn't running for re-election, needs to be kicked out of Congress, which then harmed the House majority for Republicans. Where are the Republicans that say that Elon Omar needs to be kicked out of the House of Representatives? Why would House Republicans kick out George Santos, but they wouldn't attempt to kick out Elon Omar? Well, first of all, every Democrat would stand up and have Elon Omar's back. Every single one. They would not vote to expel Elon Omar. Meanwhile, Republicans all united together to get rid of George Santos. Every single one of them. And this begs a deeper and more important question. As Senator Lankford from Oklahoma and John Cornyn from Texas, by the way, when is John Cornyn up? We need a primary John Cornyn. This guy has gotten away with way too much for far too long. This guy says, I don't know why people are so upset with Senator Lankford. And then meanwhile, Senator Cornyn says, not just to retaliate against Iran or the drone manufacturers or fact, you know, which again, that, that, there's some good arguments there potentially for some retaliation against killing American troops. He says, we have to hit Tehran. So John Cornyn is screaming from the rooftops about hitting the capital of Iran. And John Cornyn is really confused why people are so upset with Senator Lankford. One of the reasons why, and what we saw in Vegas this last week, we saw from the grassroots, one of the reasons why Donald Trump is succeeding is that the everyday American is pleading. They're begging for an opposition party. They're begging for somebody to fight for them. They're saying, can someone stand for us, please? Can you at least pretend as if you're going to fight back? Please? Tying all these stories together, Senator Lankford wants to issue work permits to many of the people that have illegally come into this country. We don't know who these people are. How many of them will be in the mold of Elon Omar? And by the way, while we're at it, it shouldn't just be Elon Omar that is denaturalized and deported. But many of her constituents, by the way, in Minneapolis that feel the way that she feels and they have this dual loyalty stuff, they never should have been brought into the country in the first place. They're not enriching the country. They're not advancing American interests. And part of the problem is this this sliver of legal immigration. Now, there's plenty of people that come here legally and they assimilate and they do a great job. I think of the Cubans. I think of the Venezuelans. I think of the Colombians. I think of all my friends in Miami. They do such a great job. I think of the Ukrainians. I think of the Hungarians. I mean, I got to tell you that some of the most right-wing people in the country are from Estonia and Latvia and Lithuania and Hungary. I mean, they are as conservative, pro-American as it gets. The Polish in this country, it's amazing. And it's an insult to all of them to have Elon Omar going up and lecturing us about dual loyalty. I'm sorry, when I, when I go and speak to a Cuban immigrant, a average Cuban immigrant in Miami, and I say, hey, you know, do you think that we should uh, do what we can to help the Cuban Castro machine? They hate it. They hate the Cuban Castro machine. They have loyalty to America. They assimilate. 
Elon Omar hasn't. It makes you wonder, is Elon Omar an operative? Let's just play this out. Is Elon Omar an operative? Is Elon Omar trained by a foreign government to do the bidding of a distant far off land? Maybe not just Somalia, but maybe Muslim Brotherhood, maybe other Arab interests. She's very smooth, isn't she? And she also doesn't flinch when any of these clips go out as if she's anticipating it, as if she has some sort of a handler. Now we're just speculating here, but this is not a way, the way that we have seen a representative of the American government talk or speak like. I would say she has dual loyalty, but that would require some loyalty to America. So she has one loyalty and it's not here. It's abroad. And the other question that I just want to say is, has she infiltrated Congress? And also, I, I know this is going to get taken out of context. I don't care. Can you speak English? Speak English. You're a member of the U.S. Congress. I understand you're speaking to your constituents from Somalia. English needs to be the official language of the United States. It sh- I shouldn't have to go seek out some sort of translator to find out, to speculate, to even ask the question of whether or not one of the 435 members of the U.S. Congress loves the country. Oh, no, it's a, it's a translation issue. Speak English. Speak English. Assimilate. If you're going to be a member of the U.S. House and you're giving a speech in what seems to be an official capacity, oh, don't D.C. is going to do this, why don't you speak English? Immigration is the number one issue right now in the country. Number one issue. In the southern border, we have people from China. We have people from Uzbekistan. We have people from Kazakhstan. I don't know if we have people from Somalia. I haven't, I haven't, I bet Ben Burkwam would probably be able to tell us. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. And by the way, Minneapolis is a largely unrecognizable city. I went to Mall of America a year and a half ago. And it doesn't look like the people that you would be, I mean, we're talking about people that have not assimilated that are straight out of Mogadishu. Minneapolis is looking much more like Mogadishu than Minneapolis. You cannot have a country survive. You cannot have a country continue if you do not have assimilation. And they play the race card. They call you a racist for saying this. They say that you're a bad person for even mentioning it. And Elon Musk, by the way, agrees with us. Elon Musk has come out, and we could look at the tweet, but in so many words says that this doesn't sound like somebody who is loyal to the United States of America. And it's not just Elon Omar, it's the, it's across the board, the squad, they're, they're under attack. And this is something that we called, I just laugh, you know, Elon Omar, Cory Bush, all these people. I said, Hey, just wait. The Democrat regime is going to come after you guys too. And they say, Oh no, we hate Trump. I said, okay, if you are silent with Trump, they're going to come after you. I think this is hilarious. Cory Bush, who is from Missouri, who <laughs> she's just something else. She blames the right wing for Biden's Department of Justice for putting her under investigation over alleged misuse of security funds. Now, before I go any further, if you know anything about BLM, the nonprofit with Patrice Cullors and all that, where they appropriate their security money is often very telling. Play cut 49. I have endured relentless threats to my physical safety and life. 
as a rank and file member of Congress, I am not entitled to personal protection by the House and instead have used campaign funds as permissible to retain security services. I have not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services. Any reporting that I have used funds for personal security, personal security is simply false. In recent months, right-wing organizations have lodged baseless complaints against me, peddling notions that I have misused campaign funds to pay for personal security services. That simply is not true. These people are such liars. It's not the right wing. It's the Biden Department of Justice that is alleging this against you. At least they're investigating it. They're not alleging anything yet. And you didn't take taxpayer dollars. You probably skimmed campaign dollars, which is what they're they're looking into. Totally different. But I just love this. You got to remember, Cory Bush, cut 48. We need to defund the police but I need my own personal security. Play cut 48. The thing, I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. I'm going to tell you why also they're going after Cori Bush. They hate the progressives. They are the party of the oligarchs. We've tried to warn the squad. They don't listen to us. The Biden regime is reminding the squad that wealth confiscation and reigning in corporations, that's not going to happen. That's why they're going after Cori Bush. I just love how many emails we're receiving from first-generation immigrants that are insulted by Elon Omar. Hungarians, Poles. Iranians, Persians, Armenians, they, they find it reprehensible. Turks, email us freedom at charliekirk.com. I want to riff a little bit more on Cori Bush. You see, we've warned about this, and let me tell you what's really going on here. The squad represents very, very radical policies. Cori Bush, Elon Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Who else is in the squad? Oh, yeah, Rashida Talib. I think they have a, a man now. Jamal Bowman, is he part of it now? The squad has a man. Oh yeah, Ayanna Presley. And they'll, they'll, they'll play nice with the Democrats on social policy and on borders and stuff like that. Oh, they have eight members of the squad now? What an outstanding group of people. I guess Ayanna Presley has decided to, to just go with the no hair look. Is that the new thing? Is it, I, I mean, she might have a condition actually. I don't know. I, she used to have a lot of hair. If she's sick, I, I wish her well. She has a condition. Okay. So I, I, I haven't seen her. Um, oh, I guess it was a wig. Okay. So Jamal Bowman, Corey Bush, Cesar Lee, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, Elon Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, very radical bunch. And economically, what they represent in that conversation has been completely silenced and stifled on the left. Completely. And there's a warning shot from the Biden regime to them. What, what Cori Bush, you know, hiring her husband for security, allegedly. Is, is that the most important thing the DOJ could be investigating? No, 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 no. They're doing this for a reason. They're trying to quell the economic socialist energy on the radical left. And this is Cut 51, Cori Bush's magical boyfriend bodyguard. Play Cut 51. I'm going to take you in the book of Proverbs and show you how to make lightning touch where you want it to touch. 
and burn some down. I got a chant in the Torah that, that makes fire out of nothing. I got a sewer in there that make tornadoes. Flat out. That's how I learned how to make tornadoes. That's my science. I know how to manipulate weather. So it's, again, this guy's a, some sort of a, a wizard, apparently. And so some sort of meteoro- meteorological weather-altering wizard. It's really, uh, really interesting to see. So it's not a question of whether or not Democrats will be investigated by the Department of Justice. It's the question of which Democrats. Remember Jesse Jackson Jr., who suspiciously got investigated and indicted and just kind of disappeared from public life? He wasn't friends with Obama, that's for sure. There's more backstory there that we could go into one day. Eric Adams is under investigation by the federal government. They raided his fundraiser's office. Cory Bush is under investigation. Why? Were Cory Bush and her group of people, the squad, they want wealth confiscation? They also are pushing for 702 reform, something that we actually agree with them on. This is a warning shot. Cory Bush paying for security. No, no, no. The Department of Justice chooses their targets very carefully. And Cory Bush and that whole group, they're going after him because they're sending a message. The same way they sent a message. Remember, Eric Adams was on his way to meet with Joe Biden about immigration and the crisis of New York in the White House, and he got a notice that the FBI in the Southern District of New York has an active criminal investigation, and they turned, and they had to turn the plane around and get off a plane or something because of some alleged ties to the Turkish government as mayor of New York. Not exactly some, not exactly breaking news. Okay, so you have some weird fundraising deal. You're the mayor of a, of New York. We expect you to be ridiculously corrupt. Every single major one of these inner cities could be investigated and could be held accountable. Now, whether it be Cori Bush or Eric Adams or Jesse Jackson Jr., and those are just off the top of my head. Remember, the regime picks their targets when they pick them on the left for a reason. And if anyone does not have loyalty to the narrative or loyalty to the legislative agenda, they're going to try to take you out and make an example out of you. Everybody on the right is fair game unless you're Lindsey Graham or Mitt Romney, or controlled opposition. On the left, they'll come after you if you get in the way of the uniparty. Just so happens the squad and Cori Bush found herself as the recipient of the Leviathan that she thought she was a part of. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.